Welcome to the Raising the Vibration podcast. I'd like to start by acknowledging that we're broadcasting the Raising the Vibration podcast from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay my respect to the elders past, present and emerging. I acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders people tuning into the podcast and I'd like to celebrate the rich history of over 60,000 years of culture and storytelling on these lands. Today's guest is someone who is a very close friend of everybody down at Thick as Thieves and I would say has made Australia like a second home. Um, the story about our connection is um, I was DJing every week at Revolver in Melbourne, the infamous nightclub, and I was looking for tracks back in 2013, I think it was, and I came across this podcast by Jamie Jones that had this, for me, was a mind-blowing track on it. And I couldn't find it anywhere, so I went down the rabbit hole of trying to find this track. Um, and I eventually found the artist's name and track. Looked him up on SoundCloud, started messaging him. Turns out, didn't have a manager, didn't have an agent, never played any gigs outside the UK. So I wrote to him and explained to him that I was a touring agent in Australia, also a resident DJ at Revolver, and that we were touring about 60 artists per year at the time, and that every year I had won what I called a love tour, which was a tour that uh, I backed an artist based on them not having a big profile, but someone that we believed was gonna be big. Fast forward to 2020, and this artist is one of the most talked about names now in dance music on a global level. But on top of that, he's one of the nicest guys you can meet. He's got a huge following in Australia. He loves Australia. Patrick Topping, how the hell are you, mate? Hey, Mike, you alright? Hi, I'm good, good, man. Good, I'm good. Really good eh? How's 2020 going for you so far? Talk to me. It's been a crazy year, hasn't it? Um... It's just been such an adjustment. Yeah. Obviously, the, the live gigs has completely stopped, and um, that's been that's been my life really for the last for the last seven years. Kind of um, just before me and you got well, around about the time me you got in touch with me, really since since then, because you were as you were saying, you were one of the first people to book me. So. And everything you've done for us in Australia is amazing. So I've got to thank you for I've got to thank you for that. But yes, yeah, since then I've just been basically on the road all the time, and um, obviously this year started the same, and then it's changed, and it's just been a massive adjustment for everyone. But I've just been cracking on the best I can, like everyone else, just trying to make the trying to make the most of it, and just tr trying to be as productive as I can. Yeah, and have you have you enjoyed the break? Because I mean. For me, one of the things in our industry, Pat, was like, it felt like you're eternally on the hamster wheel, you know, you're, you're, you're constantly like gig after gig into tour after tour, and it was like we never got a breather. So, you know, um, it's obviously a terrible situation for a lot of people that happened, but there's been parts of this whole experience that I think have been a positive experience and that, you know, it's been an adjustment and it's we've had time to kind of, I guess reset a little bit, probably look after her health a bit better through the power of routine, um, and you know, you know, also installing some good and new habits, or you know, reinforcing some existing ones. What 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 changes have you had on the I guess on the health front or the mental health front over this year? Yeah, so it's been 
It's been really good, to be honest, because, yeah, like you're saying, it's quite intense life, D- DJing, touring around. It, it can be quite unhealthy as well, depending how, how, you, how you manage it. Um, and, like, I, when I first started doing it, the which was 2013, it started taking off in 2013, and I would say the first four years were just, like, a whirlwind, like kind of like a blur. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just, because I came from clubbing, from raving, from partying, DJing was a hobby to me. Uh, so like if I was doing it, I was drinking, I was getting on it. And then when the when it started becoming professional for us, I was still in that kind of party mindset of, of coming from being a raver. So I was just, and I was like, I've been given this position as a DJ now hardly anyone gets to tour around the world. Of course I'm going to smash it. Of course I'm going to stay up, party, go to after parties and all that. And I, I was like, I thought it was like my duty to like, do you know what I mean? To get on it on on, yeah. the, on, on behalf of like <laughs> ravers. You know what I mean? It was that. I was like, yeah. so I, I'm going to smash the back doors off this. I'm just going to like take the piss on my body and myself. Uh, and I'm not, and it was fun, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. of course it was fun. Like I've partied so much, um, but I was playing like two, three, four times a week, every, every week. And I was constantly on it at each of those gigs, maybe it's an odd after party. And then when you add in like the, the hangover or like, uh, travel and all that, it was just, I was just completely um, burning yourself out. Yeah, unhealthy, really. Like, I used to come home and bang on the flat door, and Haley used to answer, and I would immediately just run up the stairs and be sick in the toilet. And, like, (laughs) nearly, nearly like every time I came home. Really? Um, Yeah, and it wasn't a good time because for health, I mean, it was an amazing time. It was a time of my life in a way, but also I lived. Because when the DJ first started take, taking off, I moved out of my mom's house. Me and Haley got our first place together. It was a little flat in North Shields, and it was above a kebab shop, pizza shop oh, as man. well. Yeah. So, like, you can imagine, <laughs> I'm coming home on a whitey every single time, and I'm just eating from there. And it was... Uh, <laughs> so, something ha- had to change, really, and I just started... I started... When I was about 26, say like, oh, I'm going to be teetotal soon. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be teetotal before I'm 30. And everyone's like, nah, you won't like everyone. You, I like to, like to party. And, um, but that happened sooner than I ever thought because I just got so sick of the, if that side of the, that side of the, uh, the gigs in the industry where like every, every week I would start to kind of like, not resent the gigs, but kind of be like, oh, fuck, dreading I'm in for a really, yeah, like I'm in for a really big one here. Like not dreading the gig, but dreading everything that goes around it. Yeah. The consumption, the consumption. So I was like, nah, I'm a, it got to the point where I said, I, d- I didn't get in it for that. I, I've always got into the music first and everything, the hedonism around that kind of went hand in hand with it, but wasn't, the main thing for me and I was like I was kind of losing track of what was the main thing for us it was the music so I was like I'm gonna start trying to um do gigs sober 
so that gradually happened from about when I was about 26, 27 in 2016 to um, more and more gigs. I would uh, I would go uh, sober and go home afterwards and that got more and more of a regular thing. And then it got to about um, 2000 and when was it? Was I well, well, Pat, I, I, I remember. So it was like, you, you you were sober for about three or four weeks before you came to Australia for your December tour. And me and you were in the Greenwood together. You were playing New Year's Day and you put one shot of tequila out there. And you said <laughs> you said to me, I'm thinking about having this because I'm a bit nervous. And I said to you, mate, you've done three, four weeks. Don't do it. You know, don't. <laughs> don't. But, but, and, and then you came off and you, you absolutely tore the place and you on that day. It was an epic gig at the Greenwood. And I remember, oh, I, I, I remember chatting to you, and and you you, you kind of said like, "I'm glad I didn't do that." And now, and then you, you literally from there you you kicked off. You did a whole year sober. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was 2018. It was just yeah. It was um, around about 2018 at the start of 2019, I think. But I did ended up doing a whole year sober. And yeah, you're saying it's funny about that shot there because it, it it's. It's been hard to learn to DJ sober because I've never DJed sober in, it, 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 until I started trying it, which was like a few years into my career. And by then, I'd had the habit that yeah. I was um, I was used to performing with that crutch of the confidence of alcohol. Yeah. Um, so you talk about that shot there. So when I was trying to do it, that was like when I was going through my little transition period. Like now, I can DJ without a drink, and I'm not faced by it at all. I actually prefer it; it's better. But at that point, when I was trying to do it, I was still coming to terms with it. So that little shot there was like my insurance policy. It was like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like if I get nervous, if the occasion gets us, I'll have that. But it was more just like just knowing I had that available give us the confidence I didn't even touch it yeah you know that's I mean? right. now, now, now I don't even need to have like a backup bottle of tequila like it's not even yeah. going through me my, I don't even want to see it like now my rider is it's like fruit juice if I want a kind of sugar buzz but I mean I'm not a monk do you know what I mean so like I probably just end up on the Coca-Cola or the Fanta or something like that <laughs> if I want if I, if I want a bit of energy but then I have like protein shakes in my in my rider as well just because I get starving all the time and it's just if you quickly neck one of them it just like helps you helps your hunger um yeah so um, amazing and pat tell me this what 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 do you think were what was the biggest challenges you had that year and, and that year that you were sober like was it was it a, was it like the adjustment period of going from i guess being you know being being pissed at gigs to to being straight or like it sounded like you kind of almost like weaned yourself off it You'd done quite a few sober gigs prior to that. I mean, what challenges did you have, I guess, well, over that it, year? It was it was like one step at a time. It was like, okay, so I've done my first club gig without drink. Then it was like, oh, I've done my first festival gig without drink. Then it was, oh, I've done my first festival gig during the day when it's light without drink. These were all little milestones. And it's like, oh, I've done my first intimate gig during the day when people are in your face like that yeah. without a drink then it's oh, i've done my first live stream without a drink oh you know i've done my first uh back to back with someone without a drink and it was all these all these things like that and i can remember when i was first getting used to it the 
right at the start of it, uh, I did it, my first date, my debut at Awakenings in Eindhoven. This was in the in the winter one in January, and I remember I was so nervous for that because I was just getting Awakenings such a big thing for me. I was buzzing to play Awakenings. Always wanted to play Awakenings. But I was doing it at the same time as I've started this year because up until that point, right, I had been trying to do it now and again and I had been more often than not not drinking and it was getting more frequent that I wasn't drinking up until I did the so sober year. But when I did the sober year, I said to myself, I'm doing a sober year now. So that in itself put this pressure in my mind because before there was no pressure. It was like, I'm going to try not drink and if I don't drink, mint. But when I've said to myself and I said to other people, my management, my parents, um, um, doing this over, yeah, suddenly that flipped a switch in my head and it was like this pressure. I'm like, and right at the start of doing that, it was my debut at Awakenings and I can remember playing and I was so nervous, like my hands on the decks initially. I was like kind of like a little bit like shaky at the start, but then I got then I got into it. But um, That's crazy. So, yeah, but now... Um, I prefer it now. It's much better now. It is so much better. The drink dumbs you, dumbs you down. Um, and it's much more of a buzz. So much more of a buzz. Like I, sometimes I was playing and sometimes I even spoiled a few things for myself because you get in such a state um, that you get like anxious and you, and you can r- ruin playing some really good things. I've done that occasions as I don't. I've been there as so well, mate. Yeah, I'm so lucky to have these opportunities to play some of these best stages in the world. Like, why? What, what is the point in doing that? That just defeats everything I, I'm in it for. So then, but now though, you, I'm playing and I forgot what it's like to, to uh, be, be there and have the like goosebumps all over your body, like when certain tracks drop and the crowd reactions and all that. And like these type of things don't happen to us when you when you're under the influence you're just like there and you think you're having a better time but you're not and you remember it so much more and now i'm just kind of like take it or leave it now so i ended up doing that yeah sober and then i actually broke it i think i broke it at rainbow servant i i, I dj'd sober at rainbow yeah and then after afterwards i came off and i was just having such a good time in the dance floor and i stayed at brown for like the two days um, and I was like having such a good time and I said, just said to myself I proved to myself that I can do a year you know what I mean like how long am I going to keep this going yeah, on yeah. for I debated doing it for, for life because aside from the DJing it's just made it's enriched my life so much more because outside of the DJing say things like I was best man at my dad's wedding so I had to do a speech and it was during this year sober so like I'd never done something like that and not had a drink to, to calm the nerves, you know what I mean? And like doing interviews with um, magazines or, or websites or doing a business meeting when you're going to meet potential partners and stuff like that and not having a drink um, has made those aspects away from DJing like it's grew us as a person because you're, you're out your comfort zone you know like if you had like a business lunch or something you might even have like a, a, a beer or something it could set yeah. your nerves and then stuff like that and it's just grew me as a person and I've come so much more confident from it and the best thing I've ever done is is that sober yeah I think Pat um, we've discussed this because I did a sober year as well when I just turned 30 and the one thing it, I felt that it did, 
is it gives you incredible confidence when you're sober and it's like they talk about like Dutch courage but it's like it's more like you know the confidence to do stuff you can do anything you want when you're sober and then if you if when you go after you do that for an extended period of time when you go back and do start enjoying a drink again you still carry that confidence forward like now like and 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 I mean very similar to you I I I had to get used to DJing sober and then I actually really enjoyed DJing sober a lot more um, than I did when I was drinking. So when I actually went back and started having a drink with my mates again, I actually never drank when I DJed again and, and, and still don't up until up until now, you know. And did you have any other, like, is there any other notice, noticeable benefits you took out of that year? Like, I mean, obviously your health would have improved. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it was so good and I was so passionate about it, but I like, I recommend it to anyone, but I didn't want to then suddenly be on my high horse and be like, oh, you should do this. Do you understand the benefits of it? But I wanted to be like that because that's, it was, you feel so good. It was unbelievable the the benefits I had from it. So I did kind of like, if I got into conversations with people, I would say kind of how I felt and that, but I almost wanted to be like, like converting people, you know, what yeah. I mean? like, like an evangelist for like yeah. drinking, but yeah, um, I didn't, I haven't went like that, but um, yeah, the benefits of it are amazing, and it's not just the like finding yourself as a person, and it makes you it makes you develop yourself because yeah, yeah, you're just going out of your comfort zone. But the other things is. You know what's funny though? I was actually at the end of like I was definitely healthier because I wasn't drinking party and I was sleep I was sleeping more. I was getting better food uh, because I wasn't hung I wasn't hungover and eating just shite on a binge, which I do. Totally. Everyone but, does. <laughs> but the mad thing is, the flip side of it was I was actually the heaviest I'd ever been at the end of that year. Because at the, at the start, I was like, oh, I've cut a drink. I'm going to lose weight. But I wasn't really on my diet. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. I was also, when I was going out to days out, traveling, meeting promoters, festivals, all that, I would, um, I would eat a lot more food when I, when, when I was out. And, I, and I, I just ended up like, also, if I was going out with people to s- substitute that I would be like, I had it in my head that I needed loads of sugar and loads of calories just to have the energy to be with people and to like be on and to like uh, have that energy to socialize and uh, you know what I mean. So I just yeah, totally. eating eating loads and I was the ended up like it's quite ironic. I was the heaviest I've, I've ever been then, but I was also healthy in different ways in my mind and like um, dealing with like anxiety and stuff like that a, a lot better during that like yeah so so much better when you've got a clearer head and you're not me- messing with your head like that I've, I've handled everything a lot better and like on the business side of things I think I was more on the ball I ended up like being more productive making more music on my time off and be putting more time into finding music and just being more on everything me so more time for me social media because i'm dying the next day yeah uh, so i'll be like more on content and like being in tune with my management over over stuff so it was definitely uh so many benefits man amazing man 
And um, I mean, Pat, one of the things, you know, and I think me and you talk like on WhatsApp anyway, at least like every other day. And we're always talking about, I would say the thing we talk about most is training and diet and health and stuff like that there. Because I think we've both reached a point in our lives where that stuff's really important to us. Um, I, I, I gain a huge amount of knowledge from the conversations I had with, with you and the one thing that you've got me onto in the last, I've only taken up in the last like three, four weeks, that has been a complete game changer for me is counting calories. Mate, I, I cannot believe like how, how, how many calories I was eating through what I thought was like really healthy foods. You know, I would, yeah. just look, I, I, would, I would just look at something and see like a five-star health rating on it and go, that's sweet. And I would eat as much as I want, but not realizing that I was eating like 1,200 calories of hummus and before mm. my dinner every day. Tell us a bit about, about how you got into your, tell us a bit about your diet now, probably yeah. your, di your diet back then. And also, you know, how you get into the calorie counting thing because I think it's a fascinating thing that our listeners would lo love to know a lot more about. Well, I've been into um, I've been into training exercise for like nearly all my life. I've been playing football since I was about ten until I was about twenty three. So I've always been into into fitness, health, not so much diet that came into it a bit later, but I just think like the fitness side kind of leads up to how I got into the diet. And so like with the, with the fitness and sport and stuff like that, as I was playing really regularly and um, I was, but I stopped playing when I was 23 because when my career took off, when my first professional gig was in Stoke in June. And then three days later, I had DC 10 was my second ever like proper booking. <laughs> And when that DC-10 gig came in, I hung up my boots. I was like, fuck this, I'm not getting injured. <laughs> I was like, no, like, nah, 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 there's no way I'm missing that gig. And then and then I saw getting more gigs and I was like, I'm not getting injured and like not being able to like be on the decks or like travel or whatever. Like, um, so yeah, and also I used to play like centre defence and stuff like that. and. And it's quite physical for football. Like you've had a few injuries. I've had my like tooth come through my lip and stuff like that before. And I was like, fuck that. Like now that, that, that I, I do, I do, I do, I do miss it. But like, um, I've got other, other things to do now. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's kind of interesting as well. Cause I used to support Newcastle United as well, have a season ticket and stuff. And they got kind of, I think they got relegated around about the same time my career took off. And the, by the two things of me just having this new life and then getting relegated and me stop playing football now, I don't, I don't follow football at all. I could not tell you one <coughs> of the start. I could not tell you one of the starting eleven of Newcastle United, Shit. which I'm so out the loop. And I used to have a season ticket. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, football was a big thing, but also weight training was was a thing. Like I started doing that with my dad when I was sixteen because he's always been into it so I can remember doing that like just before my GCSE exams like the morning of my GCSE exams I was in the gym with my dad so, like <laughs> that that's that was the thing that the weight training the resistance strength stuff was the thing that brought me got me confidence as well because I used to be like quite shit footballer then I started doing that and then I got quite decent and then I was like more of a regular player and I was like 
quite reliable centre back, and I ended up ended up even like being captain of the college team for, for a few times and stuff like that. And then I was, um, and then I was playing up Edinburgh. I didn't I didn't play for the uni team, but I played for. Um, I bl- anyway, I, I blame <laughs> I blame not getting on the uni team on my toes, man. I was playing, and you know when you just your nails go, you just like stub your toes forward, and your nails go black. Both yeah, my big toe, big, big, <laughs> both my big toenails came off, came off in the trials, man. My boots were too small. I had to cut my toenails probably. My big toenails came off, man. But that's my excuse anyway. <laughs> I, might, I might not have been good enough, really, but. I ended up playing for a team up Scot up Scotland. And, uh, sorry, I'm off on a bit of a tangent here, but that's all right. I, I ended up um, playing for a local Saturday team in Scotland because I went to uni in Edinburgh, and I had I just thought I had to quickly mention this because I just thought it was interesting. Like when I was in um, when I was playing football around boys' club and in a college, and in, in, when I started doing a little bit men's, when I went back home sometimes around Tyneside, they. Um, I'd never seen violence on a football pitch before. Just a lot of hot air. People shoving each other like, what the fuck are you doing? Head to head, <laughs> head to head and all that. But I played up Scotland for this local team. Fucking hell. I'd never seen anything like it. People getting nutted, <laughs> smacked all over. Honestly, it's like a, a different level of like, uh, violence. It's like Braveheart. Mate, it was, it was, it, it was insane. And those were the last games. Those were the last games I played, but... Anyway, so I started doing that, and then I think, so yeah, I've always been into training and um, weight weight training in the gym and stuff. So I've always kept that up. But then when the tour take and I, I I was into it quite quite heavily. Like I'll be training like five five times a week every week. Um, I was in quite decent shape, and then the touring started, and I just I didn't manage it. I couldn't balance the two. So I was trying, I was always doing bits and pieces. Um, like I would, but I would never, I would never get the full five days in because I used to like split it like chest day, <clears> leg day, shoulder day, arm day, back day, like that. And I would never get a full weekend anymore. Uh, I would do like the odd day. I would just like pick one. I might end up doing shoulders one week and legs the other week. And like, yeah. not, not enough really. And you end up like losing it and putting on like quite a bit, uh, fat and stuff like that one like too big about but then i'd kind of find myself yo-yoing up and down because i'd be like on tour then if i did come home for four days i would be like try out I, I would uh yeah it got to the point where i think about 2015 or something where i realized i need to like go really strict when i was home so I, it would be like two different ways of doing it i'll be at home and i would just be so strict on my on, on my food once i recovered from the height from being hanging if I could for like a, a day or two and then when I was on tour it was whatever but then I think the sober year was what changed it because then that changed my eating habits on the road I was more I was more healthy I was taking more of uh, uh I was eating a lot more food like you said I, I, like what you said uh I, I was heavier than I was but I was eating healthy I was getting new, new, nutrient dense food in instead of yeah. shite all the time but then yeah so what I do is, though, every year I started doing from about 2015, I think, maybe it's about three, two or three years in touring. Uh, I started taking February off every year for my birthday. And that was mainly to make music because those were the two things. Like, I was making music every day before my career took off and I was training every day 
and yeah. then then this come and, and I wasn't because we got busier, a lot more, a lot more commitments and stuff, and I just so. Those were the two negative sides of it for me. I wasn't getting to make as much music as I wanted and I wasn't being as healthy as I wanted to. So I would always take February off for every year to kind of catch up on sleep, reset my body so I was ready to go again physically and mentally for like another year of just as many gigs as I can do. And during that time, I wouldn't really make any music because I would be, I would kind of do remixes on the road because when you've got that pressure of a deadline, I could like squeeze them in like because... I don't really have much of a studio. I, I've grown a little bit now, but most of the stuff just came out on initially done on my laptop. So I would um, I could make stuff on the road, but I wouldn't have the mental will to, to do it. So, but unless it was a remix, so I'd do the odd remix, wouldn't make any original tracks. So February would be my time to make my own music for the year. So yeah. I would do do it, and I would make like five or eight songs in that year in the, in that month, and then. But during that time as well, I would be like, right, I need to drop weight, I need to put muscle, I'll be training every day, dieting. But that 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 month started getting longer, five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks. I think this year it was I think it was eight weeks this year. Yeah. Because I did like I did like a month of making music and then I went away for a, a holiday from yeah. a from a bit from a bit I moved it forward and I did a went away for my birthday. Uh, and I had a two-week holiday for my birthday. Um, so, yeah, so that that month, I would always make, like, good gains. I would, I would come out of it, and I would drop weight, and I'd put a bit of muscle on, it was class. But that 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 month started to get in, like, better and better each time. Um, and it was it was my mate, really, uh, who my mate who uh, isn't uh, – he used to do, like, uh, fighting, like, MMA yeah, fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And I was saying to him, I was like, how aren't I losing? Like, why aren't I losing, like, more weight than this? And he was like, well, what, how many calories are you? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm just, like, eating well. Yeah. And then he was like, nah, nah, you need a calorie count. He's like, honestly, it's like, it's like maths. It's, guarant- it's guaranteed. It's like what, what, in, what you put in is what, what you burn. He's like, you, you, you lose weight every day on it. So I started doing that um, during my um, time off about a couple of years ago. And then I would carry it in. To, um, if I was home, I would, uh, on my, day, my days where I was home, I would do it. And I would even try to start doing it on the road a little bit. Like, I would literally, <laughs> when it was daft, I would literally be in Burger King and be like, yeah, pass this. They have like a scan on the barcode. Yeah, they have like a folder full of all the calories of the burgers and the chips and all that. No way. Yeah, you could see, or you could look at it. You could look at it online and all that. I was trying. I was trying to do a bit like stuff like that, and um, but most time I wouldn't, and I'd be guessing the calories and writing them down and stuff as well. But I don't do it all the time. But um, it's something that I had started doing. Like I did. I did it like every day during my time off for like five five weeks in 2018. Yeah. I've seen such such a benefit of doing it. So I was trying to do it while I was on tour here where I can. And then most of this year, I've done it like nearly every year, every day of this year, um, I've been doing it. And it's so good because it makes you so much more knowledgeable about it because now I know things like, I know off the top of my head now, like a hundred gram of bananas, like, 
yeah 89 89 calories like i know that <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i mean and, uh, stupid things like that like i know 150 uh not 40 grams of oats is like 150 calories but yeah. i've got like a few a few things memorized yeah because i eat basically the same nearly the same stuff like throughout the week like nearly day on day but i am change it a little bit because i heard that's not the best way to do it but like i said i'm not a professional athlete or something like that and this is just what helps helps me obviously it could be better but i've been doing that but then i ended up this year was class because i was i was training really regularly um doing that regularly and i ended up getting in probably the fittest i've ever been in my life this year when i'm 31 yeah I'm like in, in the best shape i've ever been as well like i went to I went to Ibiza in the end of August and uh, I think I was in the best shape I've ever been. And then to be honest, I've let myself go since then a bit. Like yeah. I ended up, I ended up putting on like five kilos since then. I mean, I've got it down to three kilos now, but I'm, I'm getting back on it. Um, because, but because yeah, when I was in Ibiza, I was just, I, I, I ended up putting on like, nearly all that five kilo in one week in a beaver because I've got a horrible sweet tooth mate like honestly like <laughs> I, I, I'm like that's another reason why I don't like to drink and stuff because if I have a drink I'm like nah I'm like an animal I just eat anything goes yeah. out the window I'm like nah I'm pissed I don't have anything and if I'm hungover like I will go to the shop and get like fucking five chocolate bars two massive bags of crisps go and get a McDonald's and a pizza and some cookies all in one day it's like bad like that it sounds like the rocks cheat meals mate <laughs> Yeah, no, it is like that. I, I never used to be like that, but I think since I started dieting, it's been like a kind of response to it. Like extreme diet is like I come back with this extreme binge and so like I do need to find more like a, yeah. of of a of a middle ground on it. But yeah, the the calorie counting is the is the game changer. If you can do if you can do it, like I don't do it all the time. I'm starting to, I'm starting to try to like I've done it the last two days. I hadn't done it for like five days before that, but yeah. I'm starting to find I'm getting back into it now. I've had me fun because the thing is when all the restaurants and you, you couldn't leave your house and all that, I was like, this is my moment to really concentrate on my health because I'll probably not get this chance again. So I went all in on it every day. I was doing like, and I was, I was training like six times a week on resistance and I was I started getting into running as well which is something when you talk about for, yeah for, definitely for the first time and I was running probably about three times a week doing resistance training six times so I was training nine times a week and I was only eating like 1800 calories every day and uh, it was quite intense and then now I'm not I'm not going to do it that's that that ext- that extreme yeah um Tell me this, do you, do you change your diet based on what training you're doing at that, you know, like, for example, if you if you know you're going to do a heavy weights day, would you intentionally consume more calories on that day? Or if you're going to do a long run, would you intentionally, you know, have more calories? Or do you try and keep it stable and go into a calorie deficit in certain days and a surplus in certain days? Um, what, well... What I had been doing most this year was I was trying to be, I was just so hell bent on getting the body fat down. And yeah. I don't know if this is, the, this is the right way or not to, to, to do it. It's probably not, I'm not that knowledgeable. I mean, I've always took an interest in it. I've always read those magazines. Like I studied a bit of sports science at college. I did sport at university. I've always been into men's health, like looking at all the Instagram pages and all that. I'm into that type of stuff. 
I, I don't know if it's the right way to do it or not, but I was I was more or less being in a deficit every day during most of this most of this year when I was at home until a beef hit and then yeah. until all the re- until all the uh, restaurants opened up again and I was like a kid in a sweet shop I was like happy. <laughs> I've been, in, I've been in my house for months, not seeing anyone. So I've just been having, like, going to... And that's another main thing. Like, I never experienced living where I live because I was never here. And if I was here, I was just in the house recovering or doing work. So, like, I'm used to being in the house because I'm quite a home bird. I'm working in the house on my days off, always not really socialising. I hardly ever seen me mates over the last few years. If I really seen them, it was when they came to Ibiza, when they came to Miami, when they were, when I went on a stag do, when they come to one of my gigs around the UK and stuff. I'd hardly seen them, so I'd never been to all these establishments, all these restaurants, all these cafes. Once I've come and gone over the years, I've never even been to them. So when it opened up again, I've been I've been like going out all the time and then enjoying all these restaurants, putting this bit of weight on. But I've had my fun now. I'm back on the straight and narrow now. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get back hopefully to. To where I was like the end of August, probably in about two months. I reckon I can hopefully be back. back yeah. There. Uh, uh, sorry, I've lost. I've lost track of what we no, even talked about. No, there. mate, that, 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 that's totally cool because you know, like, um, one of the things you mentioned there was like you mentioned how you were in you were in great shape before you were heading out to Ibiza, and uh, like you you sent me a, a couple of pictures, mate, and you looked like you were like. I was like, at that point, I can see that this calorie counting thing works because you were you were fucking ripped ass, man. man. And so I think that was one of the things that inspired me to give it a crack. Not because I wanted to be ripped, but I, I, I was doing. I've been doing lots of running, as you know, in anticipation for I'm training for an ultra marathon in December. But and I, I was putting up serious kilometers, but I couldn't figure out why I wasn't really losing any weight. And then when I started counting my calories, there was, mate, there was days I was having seven, eight thousand calories, and n- n- not knowing that I was doing it, you know. Um, and yeah. so, just in the last probably three or four weeks since you've put me on to like my fitness pal, and I've started counting my calories, I've seriously lost about probably four or five kilos, and. As a result, my run times have all speeded up, and I feel lighter on my feet. It's yeah, been, an absolute, yeah. been an absolute game changer. I so just on the subject of running. So you are one of those people that kind of make me sick because you just took to running like a duck to water, mate. You like from, <laughs> from, from, from straight off the bat, the times you you know within your first couple of runs, you'd run a sub uh, twenty minute five k. You did a ten k, and was it? Just over 40 minutes? Yeah, it was like 42 minutes. 42, and you, your first half marathon you did like, was it like an hour and 40? Yeah, hour and, it was one, one hour 40, yeah. One hour 40. <laughs> I mean, mate, there's, there's people that train for years that never be able to get those kind of times. Tell me about your run experience so far. What, what, what got you into it? Do you enjoy yeah. it? Talk to me about it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's been really interesting and... Um, it's been so good. It's been the best new thing that's happened to me during lockdown has been running. Because yeah. as I said, I've always been in a sport. So I've always done the odd off run. Um, like, but it was, you know what's been a game changer? Strava and re- recording for dis- recording the distance and time. That's yeah. something I never done, I never done before. When I was used to be running, the, the, I don't know whether that was about or not, but I'd never heard of it. So I'd never run. I'd never ran very far though. Like I, I, I don't think I'd ever even ran five kilometers before. I, I, 
and I got nominated at the start at the start of the year. There was this thing in England: uh, you nominate five people, you run five kilometers, and you donate five pound to the NHS. And I got nominated for that, and I was like, I got nominated by three people actually, and I was kind of like, I don't want to do it. And then the third <laughs> one came in, third one came in, and I was like, I'm gonna have to do this. Like, I'm gonna have to, like <laughs> I, I was going to do it. I was just delaying it and delaying it because I was like apprehensive. I, I never really hadn't ran in ages, but I was being into training though because, like I said, all the weight training and the football. But I left the football behind seven years ago, and to be, I want to play football again, and I've been missing it. I've been debating playing it again now because I've got some time at home. People are playing five sides, seven aside, and all that, and I used to do all that. But I've I've just been I was speaking to my mate, and he said he didn't play for a long time as well, like five or six years. And he said his touch was awful. And he said it was embarrassing. And he was embarrassed of how <laughs> shit he was. And now I'm like, I'm scared to play because I don't want to do myself an injustice, which is ironic because I think I'm fitter and stronger than I ever was when I was playing football. So, like, I really want to give it a shot. But I'm older now. So I used to be quite quick, though, when I was, like, 20, 21, sprinting. I don't, I loved, I don't know whether I'm as fast as them, but, oh, I mean, all my mates are getting older as well, so everyone will be getting slower. But, um yeah, it would be interesting to see like how I could handle football now on the fitness side, like blowing. But then, but the I'm just worried about being so shit, and also the injury thing's still there. And also, like I'm I'm more into like my running and my 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 training than the idea of getting injured during football. But never say never say never. But yeah, it's not just the weight stuff I've been doing because what I started doing was the the game changer for me was another one which has been amazing. When I, I, in 2018, when I was on my time off, I started uh, working with a personal trainer for that month, a local lad yeah. around mine, a mate of mine. And um, what he got me into was body weight stuff. Before that, I turned my nose up at it. I was like, nah, you need heavy weights. I used to think, I need a fancy gym. I need all the equipment. You know what I mean? That was also a block I'd put on myself when I was on the road, as well as most of the time I was just fucked and I couldn't be arsed. Yeah. If I, if I if 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 I did have energy, I'd be like, "Oh, there's no gym. I need. Oh, the gym's not gonna. I need everything. I need the yeah. machines, free weight, bench, all the best machines, everything like that." And I was like, "I can't train properly and all the sick putting excuses up like that." And work with this personal trainer. Most of the stuff was body weight based, and I, I never really give it a shot. And I realized it's absolutely solid. The body weight stuff is so so good for you. Yeah. And that then, what, 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 what kind of stuff, Patrick? Well, even just um, well, then one of the things he started getting in, started getting us into when because then I started applying it to when I was on the road uh, because if the hotel didn't have a gym or I didn't want to go to the gym or uh, I didn't have as much time, I could always do a circuit, and he would always send us circuits and like one of them which I started doing nearly every day on the road was um, just 20 minutes. I get a timer on my phone. You have four exercises. I like to, most days I'll just do the same four. I do press-ups, burpees, high knees, where you're standing, lifting, jogging yep. on the spot. And then mountain climbers, you would call them when you're on all fours and you're bringing your knees up like that. Yeah. Um, and you just do like on the timer on your phone, you do 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. And you do 10 rounds of each exercise. So it'll take like 20 minutes. And you'd just be blown, but I'll try and hit certain numbers. Like 
I'll be trying to do 10 press-ups every 20 seconds. I'll be trying to do 40 high knees every 20 seconds. You know what I mean? Uh, and just that, it's like a full body blast. You're sweating. It's absolutely like a good cardio workout as well. And like you get a pump all over on your body off it and stuff. And uh, so those, those type of things. So I'd always been doing that. So when I got nominated to do the, uh, and also another <coughs> thing I like to do is um, go running around the seafront, around mine. I would go to like the stairs, these huge staircases down from the promenade to the beach. A bit with like a hundred stairs, and I would, I would do like ten up and down that, like and uh, like little bank sprints, uh, circuits, and stuff like. That. So I've been in that, but I hadn't been in a continuous running. So when I got to, to that, I think that's why I started off with like quite a decent time because I had like a base fitness level. I wasn't like I wasn't inactive. I was yeah. like act, I was active, but obviously it's different from running. But when I did that first run. I did that 5k in like 23 minutes, I think, that first charity one. And you were like, holy shit, that's mint. You you were impressed by that. And yeah. I, I was buzzing because you're like Mr. Miyagi. You're like the master <laughs> of, of running. You've been you've been Dive trying off. to get me you've been trying to get me into running for years. So like <laughs> when you when you were like taken back by that and you were like, actually you you seem like uh you, you could have Mate, been man, I, you, 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 that I told you that was a really good time for someone who's just done like don't sugarcoat it. It was like yeah, I, I was I was pretty blown away. I was buzzing with that. So then that I started getting competitive with myself, and then also with the Strava, with the being able to time it, and the, that was a game changer. So and then see, I was and like, see oh. everybody else as well. Yeah, well, it's a competitive thing as well because then you've got every all of me mates are doing this NHS thing, and everyone starts running, and everyone's doing the times. I'm like, I'm going to be faster than all of them. <laughs> you know I mean? So like, when I, well, I wasn't faster than all of them, but like a lot of them. But yeah. I started, so I started being like, right, I'm going to get it down. So then I, I ended up doing. I think I got un, I think I got 19 and a half minutes. Like I think I've done that three or you, four you, times. You were, you were, were you? I think did somebody tell me you were faster than some of the Newcastle United football players or something? I, I, I there was, <laughs> there was there was footballers in the Premier League putting their NHS up, time up, and I was getting quicker times than them. It was <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I started getting really into it, but I'd never ran that far before until that till that uh, charity thing. So then it was like, right, I'm gonna hammer, get me five k times down. I ended up getting it under twenty minutes. So I was like, right, I'm gonna go on to ten k. Started doing that and getting me time down. Then I was like, I'm going to do 15k. But I didn't listen to you. You were like, <laughs> you need to, you need to train properly. Like there's ways of doing it. I was just going in like with an ego, like I'm going to smash my time every time, and everyone's going to see how fast I am. You know what I mean? So, Pat, Pat, I, you, you, you know what? When you were when you were running, do you know what you were uh, reminding me of? You were reminding me of a young DJ that just goes in and, and just turns all the mixer, everything up to up in red <laughs> and just red lines the mixer and just goes, like th th thinks by turning everything up as, as to max on the mixer that it's gonna produce the best sound, but it's actually, it actually doesn't. But the, the, the thing for me was your natural talent, mate. The, the fact that you could hit like 42 minutes for 10K with like no training or, or 140 for a marathon with no training. I, I keep saying to you, man, like you, you if you focused on running, you could be a really, really good runner. But I think also you've you, you obviously love combining running with weights and and yeah. doing other stuff as well. I think that's been my downfall though. Like two things: just not listening to you and just getting going too hell for leather with the running. Like because you were saying to us, 
You need to put the miles in slow. You need to condition your body, your joints. You need to get used used to running. Like you see, you told us, like not every run has to be a PB. You know, you don't yeah. have to get it, your own record every run. But I just wasn't listening to you, and I was getting all these times quicker nearly every time I did it, and all these different distances, and it was getting addictive. Anyway, now I've injured myself, and I, I yeah. haven't run. I haven't, I haven't ran in three weeks now, and I think yeah. it was. I started getting this really bad pain in my arse and my glutes and my hips, and I think it was a combination of these runs because I wasn't building it up as well. Like you were saying, you should be jumping up like ten percent. I was just like, oh, I've done a five k. Oh, now I'm just going to do ten k. Oh, now I'm going to do fifteen. Oh, now I'm just going to do a half marathon. And I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't building it up and I was going too fast. And I wasn't running that regularly. Sometimes I wouldn't run for five days. Then I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to do a 10K as quick as I can. And I think I've damaged myself. And also, because I was getting so into my weight training, I, uh, I changed my weight training over the summer as well. Because up until this year, if, if I was in the perfect week, I would train five times a week in the gym different body parts i don't train in the gym anymore anyway like even like at the start of the year from my time off i bought some weights for the back garden and i just and i've just got literally dumbbells and a barbell and a pull-up bar and i can do my whole body there yeah uh, even amazing. leg legs you can do you can do squats you can do deadlifts you can do your whole body there so I do that but what i started changing this year was i started changing it to, um, to push and pull so i'll do a a push session, a pull session, a leg session. And then I would do another push session, pull session. So I trained six times a week. So I was training legs twice a week and doing all these runs. And I just think I've just, hopefully I've just overused it and it's going to, I couldn't even walk recently without feeling it, but I've been, I've been walking again this week without the pain. So yeah. it's been free. It's been three weeks. So also, I think that's part of the reason I put a bit of weight on as well because I haven't been doing me, uh, haven't been doing any, I haven't been doing any cardio because the if I wasn't running before running, I was doing these circuits. But I haven't been doing those circuits because I don't want to be doing, I don't want to be activating me this. I just I want to get yeah. a rest. Yeah. So, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try a light run uh, uh, next week and see how I get on. But yeah, and I, I don't want to be training nine times a week. So quite a lot of those days twice a week anymore like i did it and it was fun i think what i'm gonna do when i'm when i'm when i'm recovered is i'm gonna just train five times a week i'm gonna do a slow a slow run like you said on a monday try and, and keep getting the miles longer and longer but a really slow pace and then i'll do like a tuesday a push session a wednesday a leg session a thursday pull session then a Friday, I might do one run for time as quick as I can, and, yeah, and that's yeah. it. And th and that's going to be it for me. I mean, I'm not I'm not an athlete, and I do, I, I do enjoy it, but like um, I, feel, I I don't know. I go through phases. I change what I do all the time. I think that's what I'm gonna. That's gonna be me yeah. for, for a while until yeah. I get bored and go on at me but next. Ma 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 <laughs> that, 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 that's that's a really good balance. And like as you said, like you know, none of us are professional athletes. I, I'm obviously training for this one event that I've got coming up. And, you know, it's great. You've been part of our, our quick squad down here in Melbourne that, you know, like um, you've been involved with all the guys, like with your Strava times and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's like you got to just do what's right for your body. And I know one thing with running is so many people get injured just trying to jump the distance too quickly. You know, there's a 10% rule, which is basically states that, 
you know you need to increase the volume by no more than 10 percent a week or you're going to get injured and look at what what's happened to you has happened everybody you know so it's uh yeah it's it's like you just learn from it you know um pat one thing i'm just conscious of time here and there's one topic i definitely want to um touch on which is something that you do that i find so so admirable and i wish more people would do it and you've inspired me to start with to do it as well is about three times a year i get a notification from you going hey mate phone's gone off for a week um and you just you switch yourself off from the world um i think in in today's the life that we live today that 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 is just it's so powerful tell us a bit about what inspired you to do that how long have you been doing it first what inspired you to do it and as well i'd like to know about any kind of um i guess uh like what like what's the benefits you get out of it but also do you find it hard to like completely disconnect do you ever get times during that week every year when when you're going oh shit i really wish i need to check my email or Tell us a bit about your digital detox and strategy because it's, it's, it's very important. Yeah, well, I think, well, I'm addicted to my phone. I am. I'm addicted to it. That's think, great you acknowledge that, man. I think most people probably are to some level addicted to it. Totally. Like, I'm sick of it. Like, I love it in some ways, but I hate it as well. Um, I don't know if I'm just nostalgic for my past, you know, like when I was a kid and I was growing up and there was no phones. Like, sometimes I think would life be better like that you know what i mean more in the more in the present uh but yeah so my phone it's just it becomes too much especially with with what i'm doing because one i have these public pages with followers and that can be addictive in itself doing posts are what what are people saying is it getting likes what content am i going to get out also get enjoyment. Oh, I want to show people this. I want to show them what I'm up to. I want to show them this music, this gig. So that you could just be posting online all the time if you if you want to do. There's that. Uh, also, there's the work side of it. Like I don't work norm, normal hours. Like what I do is my work is my life. Like I don't switch off. I don't like I take my work home with as a like some people leave their work like at work at the office but my, yeah. it's, it's like my life is always summit there's always someone on the phone you're always on from, from the industry i've always got unread messages like i kind of keep up with my phone even with my mates there's always people from the industry messaging and, and always like people i've got to know over the years and also mates there's people i'm really close to that i don't reply to as often as i want to because I don't know if it's just because I've got this block I put up in my head, but I feel like there's only a certain number of like thoughts I can like productive thoughts I can have in a day. You know what I mean? Like totally. You know, know what I mean? Like yeah. I can't I can't speak to everyone as much as I would want to. So um so yeah, I get sick of my phone and it overwhelms us like 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 that. I kind of like my WhatsApp's always out of control. Well, when you say when you when you say overwhelms you, do you mean like like does it give you anxiety? Yeah, it can't can do sometimes, but um, more to, yeah, sometimes you just kind of like, you just feel on, on top of it and you just want to zone out from that. So, yeah, if I have a holiday, like a, like a proper holiday where I'm not, it, it, where I won't even go on the computer to do emails and I turn my phone off. I think I've done that three, three weeks this year where I've um, 
turned off my phone and I've and I've told Haley, don't tell us anything unless it's like an emergency, like because she's always plugged plugged in. Uh, don't don't tell us, and I won't go on the com- I won't go on my emails, and I'll have like nothing to do with it, and that is good. I remember, uh, I think I've done that about three times this year. But yeah, I remember when I was turning my phone on when I was in Ibiza, and I was like, right. I'm going to turn my phone on when I leave the hotel. I was sat having breakfast that morning and I was like, just all I could think about was that. And it was giving us anxiety. And I was like, and I knew events had been launched uh, without us because I do all these social media myself. But like sometimes if I take that holiday, it's like it doesn't work with other people's plans. So like I hate other people being active on my social media for me, which is very rare. It's only if I'm on holiday. And I was like, oh, I wonder how things are going. And I wonder what messages of people are. I wonder what emails I have. And I, I couldn't wait until we left the hotel because that was the way I was going to turn on the taxi on the way to the airport. And I was at breakfast and it was like, I couldn't eat. And it was like turning us up. I was like, fuck it, I need to turn my phone on. So yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that. But then, um, so yeah, turning it off though and having that time off from it is, is amazing. But what I've started doing quite regularly, it's not like a full switch off. Like, I'll turn, like, I've started doing it, say, if I just want to make some music because it's so much dis- distraction. I'll turn my phone off quite often if I have a remix deadline this this year, but I'll still be on the computer. I'll still, I'll, I would still go on my emails. I would still go on Facebook or Twitter on the computer if I wanted to, but I just wouldn't have my phone there because I, um, I, I wouldn't have emails and the WhatsApps on my phone and the, the Instagram, because the, the, yeah. the Instagram's a big distraction. Um, so that's the kind of half one I do where like my phone's off, but I'm still on the computer if I, if I want if I want to be. But that can be really productive for doing so. Sometimes I even just like even some days I'll just be like if I if I've got like a like every day I've got like I plan my day like that like I, I, on my phone I've got my full week planned out with like lists of things I want to do each day and I'm like I'm constantly rearranging my lists like about one week in advance and then I've got like a big list at the bottom which I just keep bringing jobs up from putting them in it it's like never I could never diminish this list I could never do this list in I thought this was going to be an opportunity this year to do it but it's like bigger than ever and it's like (laughs) obviously obviously like the two the touring side's finished but the music industry is still going you know what I mean? And, the, and also you need to put more effort into that as well because you you want to, you don't have the touring. So I'm like, I still want to f- like do as much as I can in, in the other sides. Yeah. So, yeah, so sometimes what I do is during the day, if I've just got loads I want to do, I might even just turn my phone off for a couple hours and just really crack on with stuff and then turn it back on. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I like doing that. And um, also when I, when I turn my phone off for like a week or something, it's so good. You get out of the routine. Usually I'll be like, I'll go to the toilet, be on the toilet and I'll be, oh, I need to see one WhatsApp, what's happening on WhatsApp while I'm on the toilet or Instagram or whatever. And it's just daft. And then you, you when you turn your phone off, you get out of that routine so quickly and I'm like so much more present and it's class and it, I enjoy it so much more. And then every time I go to turn it back on, I'm like, Right, I'm not going to be addicted this time. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it um, sparingly. There's going to be moderation in my usage, but I'm just clean back into that behaviour, and I don't like it. 
but yeah. I do enjoy, I do enjoy it as well. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did the fine part is it something like say for example like with the for example sobriety thing where the more and more you do these digital detoxes the more that you you kind of become at least more aware that you're using your phone more. Well, on the it, it is a little bit. I think it is a change in me behavior a bit, but then. I'll have days where I'm just on my phone for fucking 10 hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but then I'll have some days where I won't. But yeah, I reckon overall, I probably am going on my phone a bit less because I've been doing these, these like cold turkey <laughs> sessions. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with the, with the drink, definitely, I'm definitely taking or leave it now. Like most of the time I don't even drink. Like if I'm going out with my mates for like, we went out for some food the other night with my mates and, people having a few few drinks and food. I was just having food. I feel like I'm actually better company. I, I'm actually more energy now. Like sometimes I find a drink and it just sucks me energy from us. It just brings us down. Like I don't need that because now I, I, I'm more comfortable with who I am now. Not, I, But I don't think that's just because of the so, being sober though. I just think I, I'm 31 now. I'm not the same person I was when I was yeah. started in my career when I'm 23. All these experiences I've had in life and in the industry, and I've, I've grew as a person anyway, as well as the sober thing. I just I like socializing better without without it, and um, and the phones the same as well. Sometimes you go out and you see some of your pals and you're out with them, and some of them are just there on the phone and not engaging. And totally, it's it's sad. I think like I like. Um, yeah, I think being being sober and being off your phone as as much as possible. That's when I'm happiest, definitely. That's when I'm the most productive, and and when I'm training as well. Combine those three together, and, and on my diet, that's when I'm really that's when I'm really happy. Um, but the, there has been probably about the year before I start. Be, be, like 2019 a lot of 2019 i was pretty healthy when i was on the road and doing a lot of training on the road this body weight stuff was a game changer i would get up and i would be, did nearly a, i did i i mean i had quite a lot of parties in 2019 actually because i did 2018 basically sober yeah so then i had like quite a few like 2019 was the most fun i've ever had like rainbow serpent yeah got on it glastonbury the whole weekend vegas amsterdam a big party in Ibiza there was like these few there was this this handful of about I don't know maybe eight where we had like proper sessions and went for it and it, I had so much fun but apart from that rest of the year I was uh, I was teetotal and I was healthy eating well tra- training well and I've just brought that into this year not going on my phone as much and I just feel so much better when, when I'm when I'm doing those things but like I said, it's not always <laughs> amazing, Pat. Well, hey, that, that's awesome, man. It's um, yeah, it's 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 so good to get an insight into what you do to keep yourself happy and healthy, and like hopefully some of the listeners can you know listen to some of the positive changes you've made in your life, and you know think about implementing some of this stuff. Um, Patrick, last question I asked everybody on the podcast is obviously twenty twenty is like been a year like no other. What are you doing to keep raising the vibration? Um, what do you mean exactly by reason of how, how, how are you creating positivity in any way possible 
in any aspect of your life or anybody around you? Well, one of the things we've done is we've upped the output on the label, um, releasing more music than ever. Because it was kind of at the start the track, of the year. The track's on fire at the moment. Oh, cheers, man. At the start of the year, it was like, no one knew what to do in the industry. It's like, do you wait until things go back to normal? Or do you proceed? Or do you crack on? Um, I think everyone's found the feet now because it's been going on for so long. But there was a kind of a bit, people didn't know what to do, whether to put music out or not. There was a lot of conversations with people saying, oh, no, let's hold stuff back until the clubs and festivals are open again and stuff. But we ended up carrying on all the way through and actually up the output more than we've ever done because we were doing one release a month. Now we're doing two, two a month. We've been doing two a Amazing. month. And that's, I love that because for loads of reasons, like to give most of the stuff we put out is unknown or up and coming, not very well known artists. So it's meant to be able to have that platform for even more people and um, to help people get their music heard and hopefully give them a good platform. Um, I mean, we've had some people who haven't released who've had like the most streams I've ever had and stuff like that with us. And so that's amazing to see. That's so uh, good, mate. Like you're, you're, you're basically providing a springboard for a lot of these, you know, talented young artists to like actually launch their careers, mate. It's so, it's so admirable. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, I'm so mate. You know we've all got all these fingers crossed that hopefully this trick show happens in, in uh, April because there's so much buzz and excitement around around you and, and and around the label in Australia, you know? Amazing, man. So, yeah, that's been amazing. And also the music's so good and I, I love curating it. I love picking it and I love giving, presenting it to everyone to listen to. And I get such a buzz off that. And I think now with what's going on, I've... I've uh, I've consumed more media now than I ever have in my life, really, um, because I've had more time. I haven't been traveling. So I've been I've been watching more stuff at night, like at the end of every day, no matter like no matter like what I've been doing, really. Like even if I've been working like all day, like even even into the evening. I'd end up watching something before I go to bed. You know, like yeah. one hour one hour of something or like a, a few hours of something like every night I've, I've watched stuff i've never watched before but i've been wanting to watch for years and i think art and media has become so much more important for people but maybe it's more than it than it ever has because other things have been taken other opportunities being taken away for socializing so that side of it as well it's been so good to be able to like put out music even more music than we ever have to like give give people something to uh, hopefully listen to that they enjoy so like i've took enjoyment from from that side as well i think it's been it's catch 22 because you don't have the club side and it's like oh imagine if everyone was hearing this in the clubs and the djs were playing it would it be so much more bigger would so much more people be listening to it so you don't have that but then you've got people at home maybe he's listening to a bit more music and um so yeah it's been nice to be able to put stuff out and to put my my stuff out and also on, on my production side it's the most time i've ever spent on, on making music um which has yeah. been cool be- it's been cool because 
usually I kind of dip in and out throughout the year if I can, but not really. Then I've got like one month to make music and I feel like enormous pressure during that month to do it. Because it's like, this is my time to do it. And I like, I make, I always make stuff I've been proud of and happy about, but like having, because I already had that month. I had that month at the start of the year. I had all my music made. And then this happened. I'm like, oh, now I've got all this time as well. But I don't have the pressure of that month. So yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to experiment. So that's where I've ended up going into some new stuff where, like, I've recorded Haley and like, Oh, man, new the, the new new record's huge, you know. It's... And uh, that came out with Haley on, and we'd, we've... We started another one in February where she did some photos, but we didn't finish it. But that so we've now finished that one. That's called Disco Hits. That's gonna come out. I have ended up doing vocals for some song. Um and that's something I'm like I'm working on some more stuff like that now. And it's I learned the machine. I've got the native instruments machine. I learned that during this time and um I've just upgraded my studio a little bit. I mean, I don't have this have the stuff yeah but i've got some bits coming uh so it's been it's been amazing for developing that side as well it's been um it's been really really creative and productive and like behind the scenes what we've got going on with the label and with me and stuff we've been doing stuff which we would have never been able to do before so although there's been massive setbacks and opportunities like trick melbourne getting rescheduled and like yeah. other we've had like loads of trick events cancelled and like i'm like and i'm thinking and i've had loads of gigs for me like amazing gigs uh where i had really good set times on really good stages and i'm like oh it's such a shame this is not going to happen and i'm like thinking oh my like maybe that was it for me like my stars were aligning in such a perfect way and i'm worried oh they i might not get those opportunities again but you never know so i'm just like i'm just trying as putting as much effort i can so hopefully when things come back to normal um we can just crack on and hopefully pick off where where we were and push on even more well patrick i can tell you the whole of australia is eagerly anticipating your return back <laughs> but i'd like to thank you so much for the time today i think there's been so much amazing content that our listeners are going to get a lot out of and uh yeah Look forward to seeing you on the on the on the DJ booth at the Wool Store. It will happen. Stay positive. We're going to manifest it. And thanks very much, bro. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us, mate. It's been really fun.